Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. The Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Real people, real conversations. I am pumped to be part of Have the Conversation. Have you ever heard the quote, be the type of woman who would mention other women in a room full of opportunities? Yes, I love that one. I feel like our guest this week could embody that quote. Completely. Our guest this week is the tiny alpha herself, Bailey Chapo. Known as Beowulf on social media and den leader at Wolfpack Mentality, Bailey has created an influencer brand we couldn't wait to sink our teeth into. If you have follow-up questions regarding the content surrounding this or any of our episodes, we've compiled it all for you on our website. You can connect with Bailey, see what we're up to, and more. Visit htcpod.com for access to it all. How's your sleep lately? As a trainer, the subject of sleep is often a main topic of discussion. Nobody sleeps perfectly every night, but I have to tell you, I've never slept better than I have since I've discovered the Chili Pad. Chili Pad is a mattress pad that uses cooling technology to keep your bed at exactly the temperature you want all night long. You can set it as low as 55 degrees, like my furnace of a fiance does, or take it all the way up to 95 if you have no problem staying cold on your own. Our bodies need a dark and cool atmosphere to get the most out of our sleep, and the Chili Pad has been one of my favorite sleep hacks to do just that. Go to ChiliPad.com to learn more about the Chili Pad and its upgrade, the Uller. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-A-D.com. They even offer a new chili weighted blanket to keep you calm and cool all night long. If you like what you see, use the code HAVETHECOMBO for a special discount at checkout. That's all one word, HAVETHECOMBO, for discounts off your new Chili Pad. Sleep tight. Well, I've always found you to be super creative and edgy and smart, and I'm going to say hot because you are. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And incredibly authentic. Um, And obviously, like we were talking about earlier, I I know you through as Beowulf through Instagram. So can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So my real name is Bailey. A lot of people in the industry just choose to call me Beowulf, which I've kind of gotten used to over the last few years. Um, And what I do is a few things. So I blog about cannabis and I've been doing that on my own for many years now. But in the last three years, I did start a business because I saw like how important blogging and content creation was to the industries of cannabis, CBD and wellness. So I have an influencer marketing company that I run a hundred percent by myself. And, uh, I, you know, work with brands and creators to fill product campaigns and awareness campaigns and all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. What were you doing before this? So I came from dispensaries. I was doing like social media uh, for dispensaries. And, uh, the most recent one was a cannabis delivery service in San Diego. I, so like, I woke up every morning, went to the office and I had like a little, uh, like basically a social media studio where I would get on and do like, all the Snapchats for the morning and all the Instagram stories for the morning and show everything we were doing. It was really fun. It had like a costume box and like, you know, all that stuff. So uh, that is how I got exactly where I am. But before that, I was a pastry chef and I made wedding cakes. So ah. I just had like one of those moments where I was like, oh, I want to be in cannabis. And I got a job a few days later working in cannabis. Yeah. Was it hard to take the leap or were you just ready? No, I think I think, yeah, I think I was ready. I think I was just like, um, done with the culinary thing. You know, it's one of those, one of those things where you work so, so, so hard. And by the time your day is over, you just don't have energy for other things. And I always was jealous of my friends that had like, uh, jobs where they didn't go home dirty because they could (laughs) just show, I mean, honestly, they could just like show up to like the friends happy hour gathering right from work. And I'd have to like go home shower put myself together all over again and then drive back out to where everyone was and I was like I would always have like FOMO the people that could just get there and be there the whole evening you're like let me wash this flower out of my hair and I'll be over in an hour (laughs) yes yes goodness if I was working with chocolate that day you know (laughs) (laughs) so have you always had an interest in marketing yeah and I don't think I always realized I did I think I always had interest in marketing and photography like um, I think I like to showcase products. Like when I was a kid, 
my best friend and I would get like my parents' video camera and we'd record ourselves like reenacting commercials. So like <laughs> Uh, we would always do like the French's mustard, you know, smile, you've got French's. Like we do our own commercials or I'd like, um, I'd pretend to be Steve Irwin and my dad working in the yard would be the animal and I'd like narrate what he was doing. So like, I always had a thing for like, I guess marketing and like, just, you know, I'm comfortable on camera. I was never like shy by any means about just being myself and, you know, being goofy. Oh my God. That's like what our, our whole podcast is about. How, how we how can not be, <laughs> how weird can we be? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're going to do the rest of this podcast in your Australian accent then. <laughs> Let's say if I still have it tonight, I don't know, mate. <laughs> we need to bring Simon on. Did you, do you know Kala's husband's Australian? I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh my God. Yeah. So he could laugh at my terrible accent. <laughs> yeah. You know, he doesn't like, he's lost it. He's been in the States for so long that like, I miss it. That was very refreshing. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Yeah. And I love Steve Irwin. So it was always so fun to do that. I mean, rest in peace. He was, he was incredible. Yeah, I think he his really kids was. are doing what he used to do now. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. So how's Austin treating you? I like it. I like it. Um, it's an adjustment to go from a like recreationally legal state and having my, like my business, I don't do a ton, ton of work with THC. And when I do, of course, I'll fly back to California for that. But coming here work-wise has been a bit of a shock. There's a, you know, a big debacle about is Delta 8 legal or not in Texas right now. So like as a business owner, I'm just like taking a step back. Um, but the weather is awesome. The city's amazing. The food is like, 13 and some change out of 10 stars, like so good. Um, I've met a few people like to, you know, I'm trying to make friends. So I've met a few people and had some like really nice meals with people. And but no, I'm just, I like it. I just have to find my way a little bit more, I think. And, you know, it's all about discovering. Yeah. Yeah. What brought you to Austin? So I knew I had been living in the Palm Springs area of California for like three, three and a half years. And uh, those that don't know, it's a retirement area. So being someone in like the early thirties, like there's truly not a lot to do. You have to go to LA or San Diego, which are both two and a half hours away to really see any kind of, you know, not even just nightlife, but like outdoorsy stuff. Like the weather in the area I was living would just be so excruciatingly hot for several months of the year that like you couldn't go do even a morning hike. It would just be, it's be 90 degrees by the time you woke up at 6 a.m. So um, I knew I wanted to move. I didn't know where. I didn't even know if it would be within California, out of California, whatever. So my boyfriend, his mom and I came to Austin this past May to visit his brother. And we stayed for a week and we got like the most epic tourist experience ever like his brother planned it perfectly and took us to everything Aww. cool and I always so much fun so much fun and then he said well I'm actually moving from like one place to another uh later this year I already signed a lease at this brand new place uh do you want to see it so we took us to see it one day uh while we were out here and the unit next to them hadn't been rented yet and so my boyfriend and I were just like light bulb the backyards like literally have a gate that connect to each other. Like we could live right next to your brother for a year. That would be so cool. So we jumped on the opportunity and, and came out here and, you know, it's, it's an adjustment for two Californians that have, you know, the totally. industry that we both worked in, but yeah. we're, we're really liking it. And it's nice to have his brother next door and, you know, we get to, we get to do things together and just, I think it's nice for him to have a family member close by that's like, yeah he wants to hang out with a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Well, you're prepped for a summer in Texas for sure. If you're used to 93 oh, yeah. mornings. So get oh, ready. yeah, <laughs> I can handle it. Yeah. But I'm over here. Like it's been like in the eighties it's this week, it's all in the eighties. And I'm like, I'm ready to wear my coats. Like yeah. I thought it was going to be colder here. <laughs> How does the um, cannabis space differentiate from California to Texas so far? What have you noticed? So the biggest thing that I notice is in California, it's 100% integrated into everybody's regular life. Like you don't even think twice about how somebody uses cannabis or if they have it on them. 
or that there's a dispensary on every corner or when you smell weed in the air, like you don't even think twice about it. Now here, uh, of course, there's like this itty bitty medical program. It's called Teacup and it's really from what I have read. And I will learn more this weekend because I'm going to a hemp harvest festival and I'm going to meet oh. people. <laughs> but I, you know, it seems really, really difficult to uh, qualify for the tiny medical program that they have. And they also cap everything at, so I think it's by weight where like you can have 1% of the weight THC. So it pretty much caps things at five or 10 milligrams THC, like an edible or anything like that. In California, things in the recreational market are uh, capped at 100. So, and you can buy, you know, as many as you want or whatever, but there it's very limited here. So I haven't met anybody in person yet. That's like in that program, but I know I will this weekend. So I'm excited to like learn more about it and see like, how can we grow on this? How can we like actually get it medically legal here? So, you know, I'm willing to help. Oh, you make me so, so happy to hear that. (laughs) Please help us. (laughs) Send help. So is everything that you do virtual then for your business? For the most part, yes. Everything I do is virtual. Um, So anytime I have like a, a product that isn't acceptable to have shipped to Texas uh, that I work with. So that's the only thing I do that's not virtual is like I receive packages or I receive products in the mail and then I turn around and send them out to content creators. And so I know I can accept CBD here. I know I can accept accept like smell proof bags, but like paraphernalia, any kind of glass and stuff like that, they don't want in this state. So that gets sent uh, to California and I fly out there and then I ship it from there. But besides any of that, everything I do is virtually. Yeah all online that is insane that you say that because literally every smoke shop has glassware paraphernalia every single one yep yep and I didn't even know I just I made myself look stupid as can be on Twitter the other day because I didn't know Grab Labs was based out of Austin Texas and I keep going to all of these CBD stores to uh kind of blog about them and check them out you know there's there's a lot of CBD stores out here so I want to like kind of put my face in front of people and check out their products and buy what they have so I had noticed this theme that like every store carried grab labs glass like every single store and most of them that was the only brand they carried and so I'm like I wrote on Twitter like geez Austin Texas is like obsessed with grab labs aren't they? like there's more options out there and like everybody's just clapping back and be like they're Austin based and I'm like I didn't know like, welcome to Texas from here <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're a proud people, those Texans. Yeah, they are. And I'm just like, you know, coming from California, you go into any dispenser or any store and they have like quite a variety, even if they only have a couple pieces from each glass company, they still have like a variety for you. And so I was just like, this area is really obsessed with grab, but I mean, it's great glass. So I can't, can't, you know, slam that whatsoever. It's great product. Lesson learned. So how did Wolfpack come to be? I know that you were, you, you made the switch into the industry and then you, you saw the need uh, for, for better and for more. Um, but how did Wolfpack come to be? How did the name come to be? I want to hear about it all. Okay. So I had, so I'd moved from San Diego to the desert and I had been out there for like uh, less than a year, I think. And I had been blogging about cannabis and that's when like my Instagram page, Beowulf was growing and people were like, oh, she's actually a cannabis blogger. Cool. So um I started getting like, not like full-time jobs, but not just like posting things. I was getting some gigs with companies or like they were asking me to do things. Like um, I got sent on a cannabis retreat in Colorado uh, so that, you know, I could experience it. I got sent to MJ BizCon one year. Uh, so things like that uh, with other companies. But once I was like in this little area, this time period where I wasn't working with anyone, I just was like thinking of all the negative experiences I had had with all of these other, you know, brands, if you will, and all the positive ones. And I wanted to like make the positive ones happen more because like the positivity within the business side of this industry is like, it's great. You know, the, the, um, authenticity of people, I think was not really being showcased as much as it could be. And it was just like, look at this product, look at this product look at this product. And I really wanted to be like, look, there's people behind this. Also brands 
Uh, you are making people on the internet feel like you're inobtainable. I want people to feel like they can talk to you. So I started Wolfpack. Here's how the name came to be. So Beowulf, my Instagram social media name is my name's Bailey. My old dog's name was Wolfgang. And so I made Beowulf a long time ago. Like this is not a username I made to be a cannabis blogger. This is just the name that I have, I guess. So when I went to start a business, I got on the phone with a friend of mine in New York who has a PR agency in the cannabis space. And she said, look, you've branded yourself. And my boyfriend Zach's on the call too. And he's like, yes, you've branded yourself. So they're like, stick with the wolf, stick with the wolf. And I'm, I tell you, it took me a while because I don't want to like come off conceited and I don't want to like make, I don't know. I just felt like using the same name as my Instagram handle was like, I guess kind of being conceited in a way. I don't know. Isn't it wild how we do that to ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the overthinking part. It's totally overthinking it. So they convinced me that it was a really wise decision to stick with Wolf. And so um, I played with a lot of things, you know, a lot of different things, but I felt like Wolf Pack uh, really just showed that everybody can be together. Like a pack of wolves can work together and um, so that's how it came to be. And now a lot of the creators call me the alpha, which I think is kind of cute. Like, you know, <laughs> cute. like alpha wolf in a, in a wolf pack. And um, so our company is just Wolfpack LLC. The Wolfpack mentality came because Wolfpack was already taken on Instagram. So I was like, well, what, what, you know, so a lot of the time people think that our full company name is Wolfpack mentality, but I just, uh, there's just like another version of it. Um, and so we were doing networking events. That's how we started. I wanted to I remember, <laughs> you know, I wanted like, there were so many industry events where if you weren't like an influencer or working for a brand or the brand, you didn't get invited. You couldn't go, you couldn't get a ticket. So I wanted to make networking events where anybody could get a ticket and go to it. And it wasn't like a big giant, like high times cup type thing. It was like more intimate. So we did these networking events where we capped at 60 people and uh, we were doing like a little live uh, Instagram live, like talk show type thing for a, a it couple was so of good. them. And it was called Wolfpack Live. And, you know, we'd interview brands that were like attending our event or people in the industry as well. And we'd have this little like hour to hour long uh, talk show. And we did five or six episodes of that throughout 2019. And when 2020 rolled around, we had done six networking events in a pop-up hotel, which was awesome, a week long pop or a weekend long pop-up hotel. And then I just was like, okay, well, we can't do events now because of COVID. And all of 2019, we were doing influencer marketing, but it wasn't like a fine-tuned program. We were just like making bags of stuff and sending them to people that we knew would post. So 2020 was me like fine-tuning how do you build an influencer marketing company? And, you know, I pivoted a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so 2021 has been pretty good to me. Uh, and I think that, you know, putting in all of the work and pivoting was, was smart for me to do. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I love hearing how it starts with kind of one idea and just keeps evolving and pivoting. That's we joke about pivoting was like, we, we come up with a, a word for the year and for 2020, it was pivot because it was just constantly pivoting. Yeah. if you couldn't pivot in 2020 then I don't know where you are you're time. not here anymore I don't you're unemployed <laughs> essentially yeah <laughs> time to make some moves I feel like we could never get footing you know yeah but I do feel like it built a lot of resilience and and clearly it's it's done a lot for you which is really exciting yeah where did you find your interest and love for cannabis and CBD so uh Okay, so I like recreationally used cannabis when I was like in college and then I stopped using it because I would get paranoid. And so that's of course a user who doesn't understand how to use cannabis. And then I stopped using cannabis for about five years and I had met Zach, my boyfriend, and he has ADD and he was uh, using cannabis here and there to help him focus. And I wasn't, you know, I'd hang out with him. I had no problem with it. I just honestly, like I hadn't seen it in a few years. I wasn't really around it. So he introduced it to me in a medicinal sense. And then one time I had some health complications and they were just kind of going on for way too long. And like, I think that the doctors had me on like six prescriptions, which like, oh you know, God. half of them were to like counteract the effects of the other ones. So yeah. it was like, what the heck am I doing to myself? 
So he's like, would you please try this? Uh, would you please smoke this bowl with me and try it? And that night, like I, it's not like every last bit of pain left my body, but it was enough of a pain relief. And like, uh, it helped me check out and stop focusing on the pain. And that was the biggest thing for me because I'm one of those people that like, I internalize, I like, I freak out about every pain that's happening in my body. Like, oh no, like, what is this? You know? So it kind of helped me forget and just like be in the moment more. And so then I, you know, slowly started incorporating it into my life. And it wasn't until probably 2016 that I really understood CBD. And, you know, once I worked, you know, it was working in dispensaries. That's really what it was. And those early, it was working in dispensaries. It was seeing a lot of the other people on the staff weren't really like getting interested in CBD, but so many patients came in for it. And there was only like a small amount of staff members that could help somebody pick out CBD because not everyone was willing to educate themselves on it and just wanted to be there for the products that got you high. So I started connecting, you know, with like, I'd feel very deeply for the people that came in that had cancer or something like that. And I wanted to make sure that I was giving them the best education possible. And that's kind of where my love for it came, came about. And, uh, I started using it myself for various things and I just realized how wonderful it was. So I guess I just now love to teach people about it and, you know, show them like products that work, products that don't work, whatever. It's a, you know, it's a really big market. Yeah. Yeah. And ever growing, especially lately. <laughs> yes. Even in Texas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Texas is huge with CBD. I mean, I was just shocked. Like I could see it a little bit like through the screen before I moved here. But once I got here, I was like, well, and you're in Austin too. That's like the spot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's yes. the California of Texas. People say it is. Yes. I know that personal possession of cannabis is decriminalized in the County that I'm in. Um, I mean, don't quote me on this, but somebody told me you can have up to four ounces and you'll just basically get it taken away. Like they're not going to take you to court over it um, or charge you with a misdemeanor or felony or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. It still scares me. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I'm, totally. just, I'm just not, <laughs> I'm just not dabbling in that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I feel like all, all that's how a lot of Texans are, right? Like we're ready. We're ready for, for legalization. We, we want that, but we are still very scared because of the stigma around it, especially in Texas. Mm -hmm, it's a scary yeah. thing. So who are some of the brands right now that you're really impressed by that you're working with um, that you love? Let's see. Okay. So I'll tell you brands I'm impressed by out here. Um, not exactly like working with them yet, but they've just kind of gotten a little piece of my heart already. I absolutely love this company called Mary J and it's J A E for J. Uh, they've got a storefront in downtown and I believe you can purchase some of their products online, but it's just like everything about like why the business was started to what they have on their shelves to who the people them like running the company and who they staff are like all of it just has me really, really like I get giddy when I go in there. I don't know. It's just like good people, good energy, quality products. And a lot of my clients are in there, which I was like, so happy to see, you know, when I see some of my CBD clients, like on the shelves of a CBD store and I already know the products are good. And now I have a place locally that I can tell, you know, other locals, like, look, you can get wild CBD gummies here, or you can get plus products here, whatever it may be, um, which I love. Um, let's see products that I, or brands that I really, really like right now. Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been a sucker for plus product CBD gummies. And I think it's because their, their line really does work in the different ways that it says. So like the, the sleep has some melatonin in it and it really works to help put me to sleep. And like the uplift has a little bit of vitamin B in it to help give you like that energy boost really gives me an energy boost and there's no caffeine, which I like. Uh, and then the balance really does just act as like a little extra CBD. And, you know, when you're taking it, every single day, it works the best. So I think that's probably my, my top right now for a CBD product. I'll have to next time in Austin, I'm in Austin. I'll have to go check out Mary J because that's the second time we've heard about it. Jenna, um, our friend Jenna, we had her on the very first podcast that Cal and I did 
together and she named her dog after that place because she loved really? it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, they're like really good friends. Everyone just raves about that, about that store. So that's awesome. The place is incredible. They had their four year anniversary over the weekend. Like, uh, and we went, Zach and I went and it, the doors opened at 12 and we thought like it was just people kind of casually coming in throughout the day. And we pulled up at like, 1155 and there was a giant line outside wow. waiting for people to get in they had a dj outside they had like <laughs> other vendors uh it was incredible and like you go inside and do your purchase and they give like the first 50 people really really nice goodie bag and then you get to spin the wheel for an extra like they did a really great job to say thank you to their customers um mm. and it was just a fun time so yeah, I'm glad to hear that that you keep hearing about them. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. That's the spot in Austin. That's mm-hmm. the spot in Austin. Yeah. You talked earlier about having to pivot a lot, and I know as someone who follows you on Instagram, you're pretty transparent with your ups and downs of how you deal with all this stuff. How is your mental health affected with being online all the time? So I go through, I guess, like, you know, like the peaks and valleys of, of it. Okay. So one thing that I have really tried to understand to help my mental health is how social media can work, how engagement isn't everything, how, you know, um, you don't have to make, that will sound wrong, but you like, don't have to make time to have in-depth conversations every time somebody messages you. Um, it's okay to like kind of put your own energy first sometimes and not just be instantaneously available every time somebody wants to talk. That one, that would uh, hurt my mental health at, in the first year or so of doing blogging is I would sit there all day and talk to anyone who was messaging me. And, you know, sometimes people tell me really heavy stuff. And so sometimes I have to like, I only have so much capacity for that in one day, if you will. So I try my best to step away. Um, and then when I'm doing things that are like, if I go on a hike, I'm not on my phone. Like mm-hmm. I take those, the time that I need. Um, so you'll see every once in a while, which I'm completely transparent about that. I start to not do so well mentally for one reason or another. And I've stepped away from, I stepped away from Instagram for almost all of the month of May this year. Uh, I, I just, you know, couldn't, couldn't keep up with everything. So I think taking the time that you actually need for yourself is like, I guess like advice to creators is like the best thing I can say. Um, but yeah, definitely I get, I get my moments. I get my moments where I get discouraged or, or, um, I feel like, why am I doing this? You know, but then I remind myself like, oh, it's uh, I'm probably shadow banned or something, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> there's probably some reason for this. Or one thing I always try to pay attention to is, uh, is it a holiday weekend or some reason why people maybe won't be online or something, yeah. you know, and instead of, instead of being like, oh my gosh, does nobody like me? Does my content suck? You know? So I try to think like logically about things mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to social media. And also just do it for myself, which I do like to tell other people to do. Like, it's not all about the numbers. It's about having fun. And like I've said, I've loved to make stupid videos since I was a little kid. I love sharing things. I love taking pictures. I always had a scrapbook my whole life. So honestly, Instagram is kind of like where I can put all of that into one and still and be myself at the same time. So um, just not obsessing over over things that are pointless with social media is, is the best for my mental health. Just having fun. Do you just kind of do that based off of how you're feeling or do you schedule, like, do you schedule your hikes? Do you schedule, this is the time where I um, reply to people. This is when I post content. Like how, how do you manage it? Honestly, it's not exactly a schedule. Like the only things I really have scheduled are for my business with Wolfpack. Like we'll have scheduled uh, campaigns and scheduled phone calls and stuff like that. But I will schedule like just, uh, because I want to hike or something like that, I'll schedule an activity. Um, and I just kind of know, like say that I'm not doing so well up here and I don't have the capacity to talk to everybody online for the day. I might just go like now that we're here, like we just go downtown Austin and find what we find and just explore. And then when I get home, then you'll see me maybe show you my favorite things that I did. 
um, because I think people have been interested in seeing the, this city since I moved here. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's not so much of scheduling, but more so just knowing when it, it, I need to step back a little bit or, you know, maybe have, I call it a cave day where <laughs> I don't really like, don't really do social media. Can I keep the blinds closed? I might put on Netflix, I'll stay in my pajamas, you know. Very so wolf pack appropriate. Yeah. That's something I can get behind. So, yeah. Oh, we have cave days and um, we're like, Zach and I both will be like cave day, you know, like, <laughs> and, and then like, or I'll, I'll be like, can it be a cave in here? And I'll just like close my laptop and he'll like close all the blinds and then the, <laughs> we'll just like chill out, you know, and, and not worry about everything. I know what I'm doing after this. I know. Cave day. Cave, day. Cave week. That's where, <laughs> that's where I'm headed. <laughs> when you took your break in May, did you notice a, like a, a dip in, in your numbers in your business? Cause I know we've kind of struggled with that. We took a big break in August and since then it's been, it's, it's been a beat down to see, you know, like you, you, we need to take breaks. We're humans. Like we need to take space from social media, but it does feel like there are consequences for that. Like, did you come across the same thing? Yeah, I did. Like, of course, uh, Instagram, like when they show you your insights, you know, you see everything measured on like a monthly basis and stuff. And I definitely had a big drop. Um, I definitely didn't book as many clients that month because I wasn't, I, not only did I take a break from like my personal social media, but like I kind of had like a six week gap in between some big boxed campaigns, which is our old business model. Uh, and so I wasn't like doing a lot of sales outreach for uh, campaigns with brands. So yeah, I noticed a dip, but um, honestly, one, one other thing that I did notice I took that time off is I was not and I, I didn't put myself together as much. And so I started to not feel as good. You know, that saying like, look good, feel good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of got to a point where I was getting too grungy and I wondered if that had anything to do with the fact that I wasn't like talking to a camera or anything like that. Uh, like I enjoyed it at first, but then I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm putting myself together for any reason. Cause I'm just sitting here. So I think that, um, in some sense, that's one thing that uh, Instagram I, or social media and, and blogging and just talking to a camera for whatever reason I, I can appreciate. That's true. I never thought of it that way. I should have washed my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> You're so funny, Leanne. We were just shadow banned for certain topics. So that was a big part of like our hit too. We don't even fully understand what shadow banning means. We just know that it happened to us from the minimal things that we've read about it. Um, and it and, hurts. And it hurts. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. What is it? Can you explain to us kind of yeah, sure. what happens? Because we don't really get it. <laughs> okay, so so shadow banning is like, it's an unofficial term that like Instagrammers made up. Instagram did not make this term up. They won't even like admit that it happens. So it's this unofficial term that means you're being censored and the most common form of shadow banning means you're not showing up in any hashtags when you make a post so and instagram keeps changing they're like oh we suggest you do 12 hashtags or eight or th currently they're telling you to do three they say three is enough you don't need more who is they <laughs> they is instagram um they had an article um, i can send it to you um every once in a while there'll be like an article or a statement and it's it's very minimal in what they do say, but it's usually uh, enough that you can kind of play detective and figure out what they're trying to tell you. And it's valid information? Yes. There is a there's an account on Twitter as well that is Instagram. And I don't know if it's like the CEO or some like the head of marketing or something like that. There's a couple of people within Instagram that will say a few things here and there. And then everybody on the internet dissects what they say into, you know, everything. It's like QAnon all over again. Yes. Yes. So I just do my best to stay up with it. But with shadow banning, you become censored. You stop showing up in hashtags. Um, you can also just kind of have an overall, I feel like there's like a, a cloud over my account that's been there for a couple years. Um, where I just don't get the reach I used to get even to my own organic audience. And I think, you know, part of that though has to do with like 
people becoming inactive. Like if you see even just in the, not just in like the whole world, but even just in the creator realm of Instagram, you'll see some people that keep up with their accounts for years and years and years and years. You'll see people that pop up for about six months to a year and then they're just kind of over it. So with the um, inactive accounts kind of makes your engagement not the same as it once was. Um, but really, it sucks. How do you get out of it? You wait. Don't use any hashtags on any posts during that waiting period. If you're super, super censored, I always tell people, take a 48-hour break. Don't post anything. Don't like go liking pictures. Just like walk away from the app for like 48 hours and then see how it is for you when you when you post again. And that almost always works for me. It always kind of gets me like, you know, to pop back up with a little bit better engagement and reach. Um, because, you know, as, as much as like we don't want to focus on that, like the goal of social media is to reach people and, and you and know, show business. them your work. Yeah, yeah. Has your account been deleted before? Yes, I've had Beowulf. Well, I've been disabled two times. Okay, so what's the difference? <laughs> I don't even okay, know. Okay, so I get my pen out. <laughs> de- deleted slash, uh, yeah, okay. So deleted and deactivated means you're like gone. Like the account is gone forever. They've put it in the trash bin. You're gone. Disabled means they've put you in jail and you don't have access to your account. You can't log in, but it's still in the interweb somewhere. Okay. So when you're disabled, you can appeal with Instagram. You can send in the, an appeal and say, Hey, um, my name is Bailey and I'm a cannabis blogger. And I think you made a mistake deleting my account. I'm not selling anything. Can you please reactivate it? I'm here for educational purposes, you know? So like you have to, that's like one piece of appeal voice. Yes. That's my appeal voice. Well, okay. So I have a relative that works for the Facebook company and he, his best piece of advice to me when my accounts were taken down was to be as nice as possible in my appeal. Don't be aggressive. Don't be angry. Like, I mean, basically don't be like, Hey, I'm Bailey. How dare you delete my account? You know, like, (laughs) don't be like that. You know, be as like polite and understanding and oops, I think this is a mistake as possible. He also also gave me the advice to uh, never appeal more than once. If your account has been disabled, he, there's a lot of, advice telling the opposite out there a lot of articles out there that are like your account's been disabled what should you do and it's like appeal every day and like my relative straight said one appeal is enough like don't keep doing it so anyways the first time I was down for about 17 hours and then I got an email from Instagram they're like oops we made a mistake here just log back in you're good and about two weeks later is when I got disabled for about six weeks and I had to put in an appeal and they got back to me a few weeks later. I had to like hold up like, like I was in jail, you know, like hold up a sign like this that said my name and like my handle. And I think I had to put my driver's license and then this code that they gave me like a pin number. Yeah. I'd like hold it up. And it was so specific. Like I remember it was like, like my hands couldn't be cut off. Like your full hands had to be in frame to prove it was like it had funny rules like like a ransom picture literally yeah and um that the account was actually down those were the six weeks that I got my LLC for Wolfpack so I thought it was like long gone and then it popped back up and it was I got it back like I want to say like a week before our launch party for our business and it was like oh really you know Oh my gosh. That's like a devastating blow to it your is. business. Six it weeks. Is. Six weeks. Yeah. So does that make you want to have some kind of backup? Like it just, this just seems so fragile. You know what I mean? To like mm-hmm. have all your eggs in Instagram when they can just boom, sorry, you're disabled. We'll get back to you whenever we can. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's valuable to be on as many platforms as possible. So I'm on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter. Um, I, I am on TikTok. I just lost my main account last month, uh, that had hit 10,000 followers finally. And I'm starting back all over right now. And why? Uh, okay. So TikTok wants to be a family friendly platform. So they really don't like cannabis, like really, really don't like it at all. Uh, and 
you know, like I'm not posting myself over, like doing overconsumption ever. I'm just trying to like show the grows I go to and stuff like that. But I kept violating the community guidelines. I think I had so many strikes against me. So one day this major news page posted about the canna bonsai guy. He grows cannabis plants and he bonsais them into the shapes, you know? Wow. So they did this cool. feature on him. I think it was hear this now. I think it was hear this now. So I duetted that, which means you share it onto your page and you split screen with the original video and you can like comment on it or whatever. So I did that and I was like, how does this page get away with this? And it's got millions of views and it's getting pushed out on the uh, For You page and stuff like that. And boom, I got deleted completely. And with TikTok, there's no like appeal. You're just gone, gone, gone. So yeah. What makes you want to keep going back? <laughs> Great question. I honestly, I'm there for the audios. I love <laughs> the sounds that come from TikTok. Um, I'm not, I already understand that cannabis education content's not going to get pushed out on that platform, but I use it to harvest my audios. So <laughs> I will save audios that I like on there that like resonate with me. And if I'm feeling in the mood to record a video or two, I will. And um, you know, now that it's in Texas, I have to be more creative and I obviously don't have any product to like show, you know, whatever. So, um, I like printed out, <laughs> I printed out like a picture of a weed leaf to like use <laughs> for visuals in some of my posts. Um, but now it's more just about like, you know, using the caption to make it relatable to cannabis or whatever. Well, I feel like that plays to your creativity so much. I love your videos. I think they're so funny. You just go for Thank it. Thank you. Do you enjoy doing them? Oh, you yeah. have to, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, and after, yeah. Absolutely. I love doing them. Yeah, no. One thing is like nothing. I, I used to try to, when, you know, a few years ago when I was building my account, I thought it was so important to like post every day or I'd be like posting twice a day. You know, like I thought it was so important and I just would need to have content. Now I don't even care when I don't have content to go. Like if I don't have anything, that's okay. Like I might every once in a while I don't post for like a whole week on my feed. It's like I don't have anything that's worth sharing. I'm not gonna force it. So if I like it enough, I think it's it's gotta have value. Like that's one thing about my content now is like if there's like zero value in it, then I don't really enjoy it. So like I love humor, but I also love value. So finding like the right kind of stuff to post takes a little bit more thought definitely and time right yeah yeah but sometimes I can do it really fast like if I've got a bunch of audios saved up and I go through and I'm like I will like listen to the audios that I have in my favorites like while I'm eating lunch or something and I might get inspired and like there's been days where I've made like eight videos at one time and like just a short period of time and it's just like the light bulb went off that day you know send me that product <laughs> that's the one I want well that was a California product that would be uh uh I don't know there's a company a flower company in California called Hydrotic DHS and they're out of the desert where I used to live and I'm telling you like all of the strains I would get from that company would like put the creativity cap on my head so well and I would get so much done um so I picture you with like a little wizard hat on <laughs> yes oh my gosh so that's one thing I wish I had, like from that job I was telling you about where I had like a whole costume box and everything. Like I always wish I had that now. So like now my costume box is my closet and my boyfriend's closet. So I just have like to pick from, like if, I, if I'm if i like using a male voice in the audio, I'll like put on one of his outfits. So like- Throw like a hoodie on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, a flannel and a hat or something. Yeah, you know? I know which video you're talking about. That one was yeah. really funny. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> How did you get and continue to educate yourself on all these platforms? I feel like with TikTok at first, I was like, these damn kids and their weird <laughs> dances. And I'm like 31, like it's too soon for that. And like, how, how did you just like embrace it and, and learn all about it? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with like, I still feel like I'm like 16 inside. Like, I don't <laughs> feel like a grown up. Like, so I'm totally okay being like, goofy or like I don't want to use the word childish but you know like I'm just yeah. kind of carefree with that kind of stuff and so um I just always want to learn about each platform which to me that's like a puzzle and I love puzzles 
Mm. So every platform's a different puzzle and they're always changing. And I don't know, one day I just started like telling people what I knew about, I think from Instagram, like I would tell them like what I knew and what I noticed about the platform as a whole. And it's just like, it sparked a lot of conversation with people. And then that conversation excited me. And so I just kept sharing what I knew about platforms with people. Yeah. Is there anything up and coming that you're excited about? Any new platforms? New platforms? Not exactly sure about new, new platforms. One thing that Instagram put out, and I don't, I don't know if they told everybody about this, but one day I logged into my Instagram and at the top of the screen, I said, hey, well, we're giving a select group of people an opportunity to try this new app we built and it's called Bars, B-A-R-S. And I don't know why they picked me, you guys. I don't understand. This is for like people, musicians and rappers, like there's beats. You can select a beat and then like sing over it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Please they sent this to me. So guess what I did? I went on there and I sung a jingle about having two pugs. And <laughs> it's so terrible, but so amazing at the same time. Um, I don't know if that app will take off or not, or if I don't, I still haven't heard of anybody like saying, Hey, are you on bars or anything like that? But that was interesting to me. I do like clubhouse also, which has been around, you know, for like, uh, I got on it on January 1st of this year. Um, I know people have been on it for longer than that, but that one's pretty interesting. Um, when you get in the right room, you can listen to a really good conversation or be a part of a really good conversation. There's a lot of value in that. Mm -hmm. So who are some of the accounts or people that you're following that inspire you? Ooh, there's a, there's a lot of accounts that inspire me. I've always loved following Jackie Child. If you know who she is, she's, she's awesome, in right? Canada. And I, I love following her on every platform. She's wonderful on Instagram. She's wonderful on Twitter. Oh, I really like her on Twitter. Did you know she's funny? She's, she's hilarious and she's so she's like nice. Really funny. Yes, very nice. Um, Coral Reefer, Coral Reefer 420. She's incredible. She's got, oh my gosh, I just have to shout out what she's doing for October because what she's doing is a different costume every weekend. And okay, the last two, last weekend she did Britney Spears in that like nude outfit with the glitter all over it. And she nailed it, like nailed the content. And then the week before she was like a really creepy clown at a carnival. And like, she's doing these all really well. And then the week before that she was bong Barbie. And the way that she puts herself into these was just like, so good. And then another thing about her that's really inspiring is that she like, doesn't just like work on one account. She's a lot of things she's doing. Like she's got a Patreon. She does Stony Sunday Live where people can tune in uh, with her on Sundays and, and, you know, smokable. And then she has this other thing, I think it's called Coral's Tiny House. And she built a tiny house. It's got like a dispensary in it and everything. Like it's, everything's like this big. It's just <laughs> so really, cool. really, really cool. <laughs> so uh, she inspires me a lot. Definitely. Um, there's also a woman out of Australia that really inspires me. Uh, she's had a lot of issues with her accounts right now. So I know you can find her on my.canna.flowers and I'm Canna Bish, B-I-S-H right now. Um, but she was Canna Girl Smokes uh, for a long time until she got like all of her accounts removed recently. But she does really good. She's, she's funny. She's, she's wholesome and sexy at the same time. She takes really great nug photos, always creative. Um, I like to to see what she's up to all the time. So those would definitely be three that really, that really like make me feel good to watch. And, you know, maybe they inspire me in some way to like think of my own idea or whatever. Just I'll see like a cut. I mean, their stuff is so visually appealing that I'll be like, oh, this color literally or that, that one little move they did made me think of, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you find and vet the influencers that you work with? So we have a application. Uh, it's online. It's a quick little Google doc, but it, you know, it's basic info so that we can go then find them on social and check out everything. Um, we definitely look for pages that can give us a, like that already have a little bit of sample work of like lifestyle content or what they do when they get a product from a brand. Um, we're, we're not really looking for pages where people are just like, smoking the whole time we want to see like what value adds they have that we can offer brands so uh once someone has kind of you know checked all of our boxes then we invite them into our creator workspace on slack which is where we announce all of our campaigns 
So we have like a channel where we just be like, here's a new opportunity and it'll give all the basic details of the campaign. And then they will all, if whoever's interested, will express their interest on the post. And then we turn around and, you know, put together the best team for that campaign, which it's, it's anywhere from 15 to 20 creators or 15 to 30 creators based on the campaign and what the brand shows. So. And you keep saying we, is that really you? That it's me. It's me. It? Yes. Wow. We, I don't know why I keep saying we, I guess I'm, I feel like I have multiple bodies and I'm doing so much <laughs> on my own here. Yeah. But yeah, it's really me. It's so sometimes, you know, when it comes to like, when we get a big uh, wave of applications, I will go through everything on my own the first time around. And then if I have any, like, if I'm unsure about anything, then I'll always ask Zach for his opinion. I mean, he did start the business with me originally when we were doing networking events, but he truly has like negative passion for influencer marketing. So it's like not, not, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to work a day with me, you know, but he's there to like uh, bounce ideas off of if I need to or anything like that. I know if I did an event, he would help me, you know, with it and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. when it comes to all of this, yes, the we is me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you'll do events again or are you happy with the new model and this is where you want to take it? I want to do events. Honestly, they were just so, so much fun. Um, it was a great time, but I think as a one person business and we're like, we're at this big growth period right now, we're really getting a lot of clients in the influencer marketing space. And I wouldn't want to spread myself thin and then like, under deliver from for the influencer marketing clients so you know i think that if we did events we we if i did events we'd probably have to <laughs> have to like partner with another company to put something together all the way um or you know i i'm in this time where i might need an employee soon so mm-hmm. you know That's once exciting. i'm not yeah once i'm not like doing everything and i have some more time to put into events. Yeah. I would love to do them again. I would love to do also, um, I'd love to do a retreat with our creators because they're nationwide. I mean, how cool would that be to even just get one Airbnb and if, you know, 10 to 12 creators could, you know, signed up for it or whatever, it would be a great retreat way to all meet each other and collaborate on content and help one another. And, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of connect on a different level than through the screen like always have you been able to like form any relationships with your I guess employees or other contractors I guess yeah 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 I've had so like when I lived in California we had a lot of creators that were like in Southern California so I've met quite a few of them and uh, done photography for some of them and their campaigns which is always fun so anyone that ever wants to get together for that that's my heart I love taking pictures um and I always need models so so yeah and I have some creators that like possibly worked with us when the company started and maybe don't work with us anymore but they're still my friends today um I have one friend that's in the UK that uh, used to be in the United States and we first connected because she was doing content creation with Wolfpack and uh, I don't think she has for maybe a year and a half but we still talk like every day so Definitely. Awesome. I definitely still, I, I, I keep relationships with, you know, who I personally am just genuinely connected to. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of the Airbnb creative weekend idea, is there anything else that you're just like, have your eyes set on or that you hope to accomplish with Wolfpack? Ooh, I mean, I'd really like, I'd, I'd like to get us to the point where like we could sponsor other people's events and activities we do sponsor uh a podcast for a gentleman in san diego and that's like the only thing that we do but i would like to like be able to get to that point where we can help other people with their projects yeah yeah i would love to see you on a podcast like not on like this but you could you could have a podcast her show was the best like when you guys did that it was so great i remember she's you're talking about it like you just held these events like you opened your home <laughs> to these people you were catering you were doing your like house? Literally every, everything yeah they we had... did the first three in our house it was so wow. inspiring like yeah it was it was awesome I mean yeah we get a catering company to come like if it was a, a morning event we would get a 
uh, we were kind of getting known for our Belgian waffle bar that we'd put out by this catering company. Um, and like our, yeah, we always had a nice caterer and we, everybody was attending knowing that they were going to like sit in a chair and watch this live Instagram show be recorded. So like they were in the real, you know, in the flesh watching it happen. Meanwhile, other people were tuning in live on Instagram while we did it. And, and, you know, I'd sit there and someone would come on stage and they'd have like a eight or 10 minute, uh, you know, window. I'd already have the questions ready. They'd already know what they were going to get asked. And we would just kind of, you know, get the info out there to everybody watching. And so I know it, it made a lot of connections for people. I think that was the best part of Wolfpack Live was we helped connect. And that was my, that was like, that's the purpose here is connecting people, whether it's consumers and brands, brands and influencers, whatever it may be. It was all about connecting people and finding like, here, listen to 10 different people and brands speak in the same hour. And then if one of them resonates with you, reach out to them and introduce yourself, you know? Yes. Conversations have a way of doing that. I don't know. There's yeah. something about it. <laughs> That's our goal as well. <laughs> so of all the hats that you wear being this one man business, what is the most difficult for you? And, and what's your favorite? Okay. The most difficult is hands down working with creators and keeping uh, like, you know, like when they say in like a restaurant has a high turnover rate. Well, like how I said, people become inactive or they stop posting about cannabis or whatever. We kind of recycle through creators way faster than we'd like to. So that's the most difficult part. I think. Um, my favorite part, my favorite part is honestly when I've helped someone, whether it's a brand or a creator like, oh my gosh, I had a creator earlier this week. She sent me a screenshot of her uh, Instagram insights. And she's like, look, Bailey, I took the advice you gave me. And look at this huge spike I've had. Everything you're saying is working. Like, that's what makes me really happy because I believe anyone can do it when they're given the right tools, you know? And so like, I feel like I might be a bit of the toolbox. And so when people actually, you know, take the tools out of me and use them, then they and they find success with it that's like honestly the fulfillment of that is like unmatched yeah where does this love of people stem from has it always been that way I don't know I mean I I think that I have a, a love for letting everybody know that they can do it and it's like that things like influencing isn't unobtainable that creating beautiful content isn't unobtainable like you can do it. You know, you can be resourceful. Let me help you be resourceful. Um, and I've always just wanted to help people like shine and what they're, what, what they want to be shining in. Oh, I just like people. <laughs> I like dogs the most. I will say that I do love dogs the most, but <laughs> dogs than people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Awesome. We'll have to see you. We, we plan to be in Austin in the spring. So we'll have yeah. to give you a call, maybe do dinner or something. Yes. Oh we my definitely gosh. We, have go to. For, we should go for a CBD tour. I'll host uh, a yes. CBD tour. We'll go through downtown Austin and have a, an, a like half day day thing. Then we can have a meal at a restaurant. I would love to. That's one thing I love to do too, is like show people what I've found that I really like. Yeah. yeah, that's what makes you so good at what you do. I've gotten so many great products just from following you really? like, that I would have never have. Yes, yes, like Dart. That's how I heard about them originally. You know, those little one hitters back in the those day. Those are like, great. Yeah, they were great. I learned about that from you. I think when you were, I think on the original um, Wolfpack Lives, I won one of the things from like attending and like, you know, it's just so Ooh. funny to see how far it's come you know, over the years. And I just think what you and Zach and well, mainly you, but I like Zach too, um, are doing, you know, it's just, it's just so good. And like I said, just you showing everybody that the highs and lows through it just makes your brand that much more authentic, incredible. And, yeah. and I just really appreciate what you bring to the cannabis space. And I have for a very long time. So I was honored Thank that you, you said so yes much. to come on here. Yeah. She's been looking forward to it for months. <laughs> so have I. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I was so excited when I finally like scheduled the the you know time soldered over I was just really excited <laughs> good good I'm so glad well where can HTC audience find you and get connected and if they want to be an influencer in your program how do they go about doing that all right so the easiest thing is because most people are on Instagram find me Baywolf it's b-a-y-w-0-l-f 
And in my link in bio there, you can get to everything else. You can get straight to the blog, The Howler. You can get straight to the application to apply to be a creator. You can get straight to our website, uh, to all my other social platforms. You can get everything right there. So the easiest thing is to go to Instagram and find Beowulf. And hit follow. <laughs> yes, hit the follow button. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bailey. This was awesome. I really appreciate you. Bailey. Thank you too so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Tell Zach and the Pugsy said hi, and we'll see you I in will. soon. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. Bye, Bailey. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HDC community. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Have the Combo. For information on all of our shows, guests, and more, visit htcpod.com. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Talk soon.